Hello and welcome to Mindful Manifesting. Get the Message Radio Show podcast. This is show number 17. And this is Release the Need to be Perfect. I'm Sariana Rollins with the School of Self-Revolution. We're dedicated to teaching you how to free yourself from internal and external mental blocks that are limiting your manifesting potential and your joy and peacefulness. We believe we're all born with a powerful mind that we can use to direct our lives and attract and create what we desire. Well, this mind or brain's in two parts. One part's conscious, the other part is veiled from us, hidden. We'll call it the unconscious. How these two are supposed to work, our consciousness is the leader, deciding what we want to experience in this lifetime. The unconscious mind is where our will lives, our skills, our abilities, our passions, our desires. And most importantly, what lives in the unconscious is our capacity to get things done with ease. Well, all this untapped power is there for our use, but we're not trained how to access it. So when our wiring is operating correctly, the conscious and the unconscious mind partner, and they're working harmoniously. And you'll notice these really good days when you're just kind of in your flow and you're getting things done, and you look back and you say, wow, that was a good day. We're supposed to live like that. That's normal and natural for us. Well, but eventually we get kind of trained out of that. And outside forces impose their values, their beliefs, their rules on this is how you're supposed to live. And we end up kind of getting manipulated and controlled out of our inner normal harmony and naturalness. And when things kind of get short-circuited, we doubt ourselves, we doubt our intuition. We can even doubt our perceptions of reality and truth just to fit in. And then when the conscious mind gets convinced it has no control, it believes it's not in charge. Our environment, for some reason, has more power or authority over our life than it does. Well, our conscious mind can kind of give up and we kind of go along to get along. And it surrenders its right to make a life of its own choosing. And then we kind of get become vulnerable to being manipulated, controlled, coerced by advertising or other people's desires. So at the School of Self-Revolution, we empower or re-empower you because you were powerful. We re-empower you and re-educate you how to heal this wiring. So when you say you want something or you want to make a change, it happens. You'll learn how to disconnect from disempowering, limiting beliefs and restore this inner power and authority where you're able to use the guidance of your higher wisdom to be able to navigate decisions in your life and set objectives that are really right and true for you. So these weekly radio shows are on right now the first and third Wednesday from 11 a.m. Pacific to 11.30 Pacific time, and they're designed to give you a little taste of some of the curriculum we offer through our transformational programs at the school. And while we're waiting for others to join us, please get a piece of paper, pen, or pencil to take notes of anything that strikes a chord with you in today's program. Now, this is such an important subject, releasing the need to be perfect. And we're going to talk about four different subjects. Hi, Ariana. Or hi, Ariana. Yes, hello. Hello, Julia and Remy. Thank you for joining live on the show. So we've been talking about four things to naturally increase your performance. First, how to let go of overthinking things, because we can stop before we even get started, right? 
Two, how to play at life more as if it were a game. Three, how to celebrate your efforts even if you make a mistake or you fall short of where your target is. Four, how to target where you want to go and what you want and let go of the how it will happen. That's the big zinger here. So to get started, I'd like you to consider these two questions and feel free to write down the answers if you like because these can be insightful. First, in what area do you feel you're underperforming? In what area of your life do you feel you're underperforming? Remember I said feel doesn't mean you are underperforming, but you feel you are too. In what area of your life do you pressure yourself to perform to someone else's expectations? So in what area of your life do you pressure yourself to perform to someone else's expectations? Okay, you can add to that later on. I saw the King's Speech, that movie recently, where it was um, a, a kind of relatively young man all of a sudden found himself in the position of having to be the King of England. He wasn't supposed to be. He wasn't the eldest son. And I believe it really showed how well and demonstrated what's possible when we release the pressure on ourselves to perform. If you have seen it, you may have noticed how this king, how he stuttered when under pressure. And he didn't stutter when he was with his wife, his children. And eventually, a really intuitive, kind, gentle therapist who knew how to help people overcome stuttering and performance anxiety, he intuited the reason why the stutterer was not present with these people is that he felt relaxed and accepted. He felt accepted for who he is. And in those moments, he could just relax and be himself. No pressure to be the king. We're all under pressure to be the king or the queen in whatever area of our life that we feel we're not performing at. And it seemed this picture in his head of what he thought he had to be like to be king was so daunting. It was so life-crushing. It caused him to freeze and stutter. And then he created, it seemed from his childhood, this persona, this perception of who he needed to be to escape from the harshness of his father and the nanny and the obvious pressure of what it meant to have that level of responsibility to be king of England. This pressure was so extreme that he contracted and he couldn't even speak, let alone relax and simply be. The constriction on his true self was so tight, like a boa constrictor. It squeezed the joy out of him. And if he simply accepted himself as a man, a fallible, normal, imperfect human, well, that was the first level of healing when he started to do that. Then he could breathe. And then, you know, the more we force ourselves to comply to an image in our mind of who we need to be, to be considered successful, attractive, loving, joyful, when we depart from who we are inside to perform in a situation, we're performing to someone else's expectancy, we disconnect from our higher self. 
from our wisdom. And we actually leak our power. We give our power to the person, to the situation. And then we wonder why we don't have the enthusiasm to do. And we wonder why we procrastinate. We wonder why we second-guess ourselves. And then we evade making life-changing decisions. So it can really get so difficult that we can start to feel we're kind of living a half-life. We're barely ticking over. We don't have the joy. We don't have the harmony. We don't have the ease. And if you've ever had this, this expression come to you, I know I have, whose life is it anyway? There was two pivotal moments in my life when that question came to me. Whose life is it anyway? And that's when I made some changes. So I'm hoping this radio show and some of the other radio shows are infusing you with this can-do, this energy to make different choices in your life, whether they're small or they're big. It doesn't matter. Every time you do, it infuses you with energy and upliftment be able to make the next change and the next change. So where in your life do you freeze? Where do you feel you're putting such pressure on yourself that your actual true self, your higher self, scoots out of the way? Because remember, your true self isn't going to force its decisions on you. It can give you guidance if you ask. But if you think of your true self as this gentle, soft-spoken child that would literally run out of the room in the presence of an angry adult. And often that angry adult is us, isn't it? So where do you feel the pressure to perform or overthink? What causes it? Well, one theory that I have is that we don't want to be rejected, which means fear comes up and then we put pressure on us to perform and we've got to be more skilled than we think we are and we've got to attend to this level of performance that's not natural for us. So before attending this radio show, you might have thought performance anxiety is only for performers. But I suspect the concern over what others may think affects all of us in big and small ways. You see it in children. The first day of school, they don't know the expectations. They don't know how to be. So they can go into hyper alert. They're watching others. Well, how do you relate to the teacher? How do you play in the playground? They adopt mannerisms. They use expressions that seem to work and get the attention of the teacher or the teacher likes them better. Then when the teacher asks a question that the child doesn't answer, they become afraid of getting it wrong. So the child tries to read the teacher. What's the answer he's looking for? I know I'm going to be tested. Fast forward a bit. In a job interview, you're trying to read what kind of response will get the job. Or on your first date, on a first date, you're trying to get to know the other. You're watching your potential partner. What kind of girlfriend are they looking for? What kind of boyfriend are they looking for? How can I be what they want? Then it becomes, will I be accepted for who I am? Because if we enter into a situation with the idea of how can I be what they want, whether it's a job, a relationship, friendship, well, eventually, we're going to try to talk them into accepting us for who we are. Kind of backwards, huh? So you may not be conscious at the conscious level that performance, what, how performance anxiety impacts you, but guaranteed it's happening all the time. All the time you're not aligned with your higher self and your true self. And here's what I've observed. And I'd like you to start to add to this list, please, because these are 
core motivating factors for you, okay? At core, all humans seek acceptance, okay? They are seeking acceptance for their nature, who they really are. They're seeking acceptance for their weaknesses or when they make a mistake or fail. They're seeking acceptance of who they can become. So we all have a vision of who we really want to be. And we want to become that without pressure. They seek acceptance for their insecurities or their insensitivities if they say something that's harsh. They seek acceptance for any of the mistakes they make in the moment where they don't measure up. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that? What do you seek acceptance for? And add that on your list. Because this list can be valuable. Because as you review this list, you can start to look at the people in your life, the situations that you deal in, and you can ask, do they accept me in these areas? Do they cheer me up, cheer me on when I've made a mistake? Do they make my mistakes smaller or bigger? I know you know people like that to make the mistakes so big when it's really inconsequential and then you feel worse about yourself, right? When we can express ourselves, when we feel safe, we can really discover who we are. And isn't that what life's about? To discover who you really are inside? And then we can grow to be even more than we are now without there being dire consequences for not knowing better. Is this level of acceptance by others possible? Ah, Julia says, won't be able to do it as well as successful people. Yeah, right. That's not true, but that's a good one. Write that down. Yeah, that's a limiting belief. Because we have this view when people are on, right, that they're successful. But tell you what, when they're off, they're in a puddle of tears just like the rest of us, or they're angry because there's a traffic jam. They're human. But we see the successful people in their polished performance. But if you saw them in the middle of the night when they have their worries, is their partner going to leave them? Or are they going to be able to make write that next bestseller book? We don't see that, though, do we? We see the perfected persona. It's really grand when you can see inside someone and you can see their fears and their weaknesses. Love them anyway, but it's really grand when we can see that for successful people because then it makes it much more possible for us to be that person. Who here has ever had the experience of being deeply accepted for who you are, even when you make a mistake? If a person comes to mind, I'd like you to write that down. It's important Now, when that happened to you, when you became aware that this person just completely accepted you, ah, your grandson, lovely, beautiful, were you filled with love and gratitude for that person that you could just simply be in their presence? I know I am. What was possible for you? Who were you able to be from that deep level of of acceptance from just one other person in the outside world? Very powerful if we can gravitate towards those people who have accepted themselves and then they can accept us. Because then you feel safe 
to explore, safe to make mistakes, safe to succeed. Imagine that. There are certain people who it's not safe to succeed around them. They compete. They psychically have arguments going back and forth because they're underperforming. So that opens up a whole other topic. We'll do a radio show specifically on that one for sure. So here's a personal story to illustrate. A few years ago, well after my divorce, I was driving my friend's car. It's an automatic car, and he uses the handbrake when he parks it. I got out of the habit that I do use a handbrake when it's a manual transmission. So you know where this story might be going up, right? I was driving, and... When we parked, I noticed there was this smell. And I was like, oh, what's this smell? It's like this burning smell. And then I realized I'd been driving with the handbrake on. He got out of the car to investigate. And I'm in the car. You know, I'm quaking. I'm contracted inside. I'm preparing my defense to the coming attack, the criticism, but it didn't come. And my conditioning, my limiting beliefs that said that men mostly because my ex-husband would have gone bananas. So I prepared for the crushing comments that men would get angry and correct me, but it didn't come. He made a joke, and I thanked him for his loving response. That was a wonderful example of being accepted even when I made a mistake that could have hurt his car. Luckily, it was only like four miles. It wasn't too bad. Are you starting to get the sense, the idea of what's possible when humans live in an ecology of acceptance. There's such peacefulness. And there's this willingness to risk ourselves, to grow more. And if you're familiar, um, there's a natural education school system. It's called Waldorf. And there's also one called Montessori or another one called Walther. Stuart Lickman's wife, the developer of cybernetic transposition, she owns a natural education preschool where they recognize the damage that can be done by adult anger and forcing or pressuring a child before they're ready. And one of the common beliefs in these schools, Waldorf, Montessori, or Walther, is nothing is ever wrong. It's an opportunity to learn. Now, we can know that mentally. Hard to put it in practice sometimes, right? Again, what would be possible if we were raised and educated in an environment of accepting the mistakes as learning? Likely, we wouldn't be nervous about making mistakes. We wouldn't ever even know what performance anxiety is. We wouldn't ever need to perform to a level in terms of trying to avoid scrutiny. So now back to seeking this ecology for ourselves as adults, because part of us are still that little child inside, right? The first time we were criticized in school. So creating the type of work where it's okay to make a mistake, the type of relationships, friendships, where you grow, thrive, breathe, being with friends who celebrate who you are and don't criticize when you make a mistake or stub your toe. Family relationships where you can relax and be yourself. What would be possible? Who would you become in an ecology of love and acceptance like that? So I invite you to answer this question. And you can type it in the chat bar if you like. On a 1 to 10 scale, 10 being supremely possible, 
how much do you believe that's possible for you to create an ecology where you can freely make mistakes, grow, learn without counting the cost, thrive and breathe and discover who you are and what you're capable of becoming? On a 1 to 10 scale, 10 means absolutely possible, 1 not at all. What would you say? You can type it in the chat bar there. Absolutely 10. Excellent. Julia, thank you. Anybody else? Our belief is important because with our belief, it is possible. You have to believe it before you see it, before you see the changes in the outside world. Now, I can't say that it is or isn't possible to create an ecology where it's complete, unconditional acceptance and love. But I know it is possible for you right now to begin the practice of self-acceptance, unconditionally accepting yourself. And every time you don't measure up to this artificially created image in your mind, you can practice self-acceptance and self-love. And it all begins there, doesn't it? Melting this false image that we prepared in our mind, this false persona that's been trained to defend and maintain this act at enormous cost to our peace of mind and well-being, let alone our relationships. Because it's like if we're pretending to be this perfect person, people can't feel us. There's no vulnerability there. There's no genuineness. They can't, you know, they can't touch the real part of us. And this part of us recognizes when we get gripped by this false persona, our true self scoots. And we, we crave really to put it down just for a moment to rest, to be ourselves, to be accepted. That's the ecology that I create in the School of Self-Revolution, where you can put that down for a moment to rest. In these radio shows, that's a space too. Be yourself to be accepted and loved for who you really are. And I would love to get to know more of you. In, it's, in these radio shows, it's not possible because they're so short. We've got 30 minutes together. But if it's possible for you to participate in one of our live programs, I would love it. Because this ecology, this safe space, this bubble that I create in this school enables you to let your guards down, make mistakes, laugh at yourself, cheer yourself on, and others do the same. I believe it's possible to melt this false image of who we thought we had to become to live in this world. And over time, we can accept our original self more and more. And it begins with these following, these four ways. Let go of overthinking things, number one. Play at life more as if it were a game. Three, celebrate your efforts even if you make a mistake. And four, target where you want to go and let go of the how. We're talking more detail about each one. Let go of overthinking things. This is funny. You know animals don't do this. They don't overthink things. Can you imagine a cat pretending to be anything other than a cat or a tree pretending to be a rose bush? There's a throughout congruence in nature. And I think that's why we like to be around animals, little babies and nature, because it's calming and healing. When someone's just being their nature, you can relax. You don't have to try to figure out what their agenda is. Right? But we got trained out of our nature. We've been trained over time to care more about what others think than how something feels to ourselves. 
And our true self feels that, and it creates this feedback loop where true self scoots away whenever we put this false persona on. And you know, we can't be all things to all people. We will please one person and then displease another. If you're a business owner and have a family, you may have noticed yourself performing to their expectancies. And then you show up at work feeling like you let yourself down. You didn't complete something to the level you wished you should have or wanted to. And there's, you know, this focus on your family's well-being and not your own. Again, it's all to be considered because when we're aligned with our own nature and we're doing what's right for us, it can't not be right for everyone involved. So no one can claim to know better than you how you are to be in your life and how you are to perform. Your parents surely didn't know this. Your teachers didn't know this. So why would we give power to someone else outside of us telling us how to be, how to work? What arrogance? Who is this person to say that they could live our life better or do our work better? What a load of crock. How well are they living their life? Are they perfect in every way? Not likely. So accepting yourself, accepting their counsel as they gave it, and then to kick out all external authorities over your life. And the only one is your true, true self. And when you start the process of not overthinking things, this is so much fun. Because then you're checking in with your own higher wisdom. Is it right for you? Not outside you. So let's talk about number two. Play at life more as if it were a game. This one's fun. How do you do this? Literally, you say things like, I'm going to play at being interviewed. I was interviewed, I guess it was last month, um, by two um, well-known people on the web, part of a telesummit. And before I went to the interview, I felt myself being nervous. It was going to be watched by a lot of people. And I thought to myself, I'm going to play at being interviewed. Or it could be, I'm going to play at selling. I'm going to play at being uh, a web designer. I'm going to play at dating. I'm going to play at preparing a business plan. I'm going to play at talking to my partner about our budget. No harm, no foul. I'm just learning. This language and this playfulness gets into your vocabulary, your self-vocabulary. And if anyone contradicts you, you could say, I'm playing at this. And I would appreciate if you keep your comments to yourself. Give them a loving kiss and go on to play at your next adventure. So let's talk about number three. Celebrate your efforts even if you make a mistake. This one works great and works even better if someone else is around and witness. It takes a little bit more belief in your own true self to do it on your own, but when there's someone else around, it's fun. You get confirmed. And then you're releasing yourself from other expectations. Say you turn the wrong way driving somewhere, and maybe you're under uh, time constraint, and you're in the family car. You could say with the most playful voice, well done, Ariana, you discovered the restaurant's not down this road. I have done this, literally. It lightens things up, makes everybody laugh. Or, great job, you figured out that out. Or, say you burned the dinner. Yeah, great job, I burned the dinner. I wanted to get pizza anyway. And you go order pizza. Don't allow your own commentary, your critical mind, or anyone else's for that matter, criticize you. And you can say to the family, I must have really wanted pizza. I'll be back in 20 minutes with our favorite pizza. And you walk out the door. 
So the thing here is to be lighthearted on yourself and others' mistakes. You could practice being very light with others when they make a mistake. So number four, target where you want to go and let go of the how. Now this works really well in the processes you learn in the school of self-revolution. You come up with what you want to accomplish. You make it a congruent objective for you. And then you let it go. You send it out there. And then you scan your life for messages to put it into action. Or you watch yourself getting magic amounts done in one day that you normally would have put off. Because now you've tapped in to that manifesting power of your unconscious mind. It knows what you want, and it helps you get it done. So even though I just gave you four starter steps to help release yourself from performance anxiety, this is going to start to release the burden of trying to be perfect. And it's going to help you develop an awareness of your limiting beliefs so you can start to choose. You can choose to release yourself more and more from this limiting belief grip, this persona that says you've got to be this or do that to be loved or accepted in the world. If this is something you wish to grow in yourself, the best way I know of is to permanently release you know, performance anxiety or this need to be perfect is to get on a path of true self-acceptance. And that means to know yourself, accept yourself, and step into the cause or creator command for your life. Clean house. Get rid of what's not in you. Permanently take off that hairy dog scratchy coat that you wear when you're around certain people when you have to perform to their expectancy. Now, you may be thinking now that's easier said than done. Yeah, but another part of you is excited about the hope, right, of this decision saying, I'm going to accept myself. I will say how I feel. I will celebrate my mistakes. I will be aligned with my true self and what's right for me. Now, it'll work for a while until maybe somebody you love or respect disagrees with you or you get the clever idea if you just do this, everybody will be happy in your family or work. And it leads you to controlling your world just so you can relax. And how long do you think that'll last? Being true to yourself in these artificially forced conditions is not so easy. Forcing yourself to accept forcing others outside to accept your true self while they're contorting themselves for you, it's not going to be peaceful, not going to be easy to do. And that's what happens in most relationships, by the way. One or the other decides that if their partner were just this way, then I could relax in the home. There'd be peace. If they just clean the house or if they just supported me and encouraged me, my business would be successful. We all know at a mental level it doesn't work to try to direct the behavior and thoughts of another, but it doesn't stop us from trying. And that's our false persona attempting to control our world. And when we're controlling really our own inner being by allowing our true self to come out and play, we don't have to control the world. We're in acceptance. And here's an important reminder for the helpers of the world. If you see another's opportunity to grow and they're not choosing to take full advantage of that opportunity, that's their business. Your business is to take full advantage of your opportunity in your life right now. 
And at the end of the day, if you could say, I lived my life fully, guaranteed no one will be asking you how you lived another one's life for them and ask for, they're not going to assess you on how, how well you guided another adult's life and perhaps even your children because they come in fully formed. We just have to help them remember who they are. So all of what I've covered in this radio show and many of the other things that I do in the school, it's designed to enable us to clean out our closets, discover our true, true self so we can feel comfortable in our skin no matter what's going on in the world, relax in chaos, and really set objectives that are right for us and truly know they will happen. And I believe more and more that true true self-acceptance if we truly accept ourselves, we can transform our world. It starts with transforming our inner world, and then our outer world transforms. It only takes one. It takes one person aligned with their true self, and everyone they're interacting with gets that benefit, and they can accept themselves and be their nature. So remember, letting go of the how, saying yes to what's happening in the moment, is really all we have So we're going to start to wrap up right now. And before we say goodbye, are there any questions, comments, or insights you'd like to share? You can unmute your line, or you can type it in the chat bar. You know, teaching people how to change their life situation to be easier, more effective, more loving, more successful, it's what I do best. And if you're not already part of our information list, maybe you're listening to this on iTunes, I, if I invite you to go to schoolofselfrevolution.com and opt in so you can get first access to our free and paid offerings and you can join the radio show live if you like. Thank you so much for sharing this time with me today. Remember, you don't have to settle for what's going on in your life if it's not what you're choosing today. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Julia. Yes, I look forward to Saturday where we start Module 2 of the Highest Potential Curriculum for Self-Mastery. You write your own history, and it begins with today. So what is it, how you want to use your time today? It will change your tomorrow for sure. Okay, bye for now, everyone. Thanks so much for joining live. This will be posted on the blog so you can listen to it or share it with others. Be yourself. Oh, thank you, Julia. Highly recommend Ariana's teachings. Thanks so much. You're doing wonderful in the class. You're really, really doing wonderful. I love that. It's one of my most favorite classes to teach. Okay, bye for now. Enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll be starting to go to the radio shows at least every first and third Wednesday. It takes a lot for me to put these uh, radio shows together because often they're brand new and that I want to give you the best I can. So we'll sometimes take a break on a Wednesday. Okay, bye for now. Take care, everyone. Bye, Alejandro. Oh, Buenos Aires. Wonderful. Thank you, Alejandro, for joining us. What a lovely name. Okay, take care, everybody. Bye, Remy. 